surprising in my surroundings. I'm finding the quietest escapes these days. This representation of storm brewing amazed that the focus remains the vocal focal point of my team. Hello and welcome to the Rambling Runner podcast. I'm your host, Matt Chittam, and this is the podcast for all the dedicated amateur runners out there who are working hard to get better while balancing running with the rest of their lives. And today's show is a special one. I have two returning guests doing follow-up calls. These are Patreon episodes that I put out once every two weeks. These are so good. I wanted to put them out on the podcast. Generally speaking, if you really like this episode, then you definitely want to be involved with Patreon at the $5 per month level. This is exactly what you get. So uh, these are basically, the idea is to have follow-up interviews with some of our most popular guests Guess I haven't had on for a little while, so not follow-ups like three weeks after I have somebody on, but maybe six months, a year, in some cases even two years later, and I just love having these conversations. These are folks that I'm now friends with, and we talk or interact you know, pretty frequently, and it's just nice to catch up with what they got going on because these are fascinating people who are doing amazing things. We got Melissa Milani and Sarah Canny. I loved their original episodes. If you didn't listen to them, Go check them out. I got links in the show notes for you. You can also just go onto your podcast app, search for them. They'll pop right up, but they're in the show notes anyway. Go check them out and just go see what they're doing on a daily basis because these are just fascinating people. And I know for sure that you're going to like following them. There's no doubt about it. So before we get into it, I also want to give a shout out to, of course, the brand that sponsors every episode of the Rambling Runner podcast. Prevenex. I love these guys so much. You've heard me talk so often about their Joint Health Plus. That just makes a world of difference for every runner out there. If you just go on their website, check out the reviews, you can see it for yourself. A lot of the people who have reviews on the site bought using my code, Runner15, and it's just so gratifying to see you do that and that you're getting the positive results that you wanted. Also, a big thing is just using the multivitamin. Everyone should be taking a multivitamin as a supplement to their diet. You want to have the best high-quality diet you can, eating whole foods, the right foods, all of that, absolutely. But even the best among us don't hit every single little box you need to hit when it comes to diet, and that's why multivitamin is just so important, even for those of us who eat really, really well, especially for those of us who don't. <laughs> and I'm definitely in that group. I'm trying to change, uh, but even if I do, I'm still going to be taking this multivitamin. It's great with every supplement company. The big thing, biggest thing is, can I trust it? Can I trust this company? And you can absolutely trust Prevenex. I do. So many other people do as well who listen to this show. Also, they have a 30-day money-back guarantee. If you don't like it, boom, get your money back, no problem. So go out, check them out, Prevenex.com. That's P-R-E-V-I-N-E-X.com. And use code RUNNER15 to save 15% on your first order. Now, without further ado, here's my episode, my follow-up episodes with Sarah Canny and Melissa Milani. Hello and welcome to our Patreon exclusive podcast with Melissa Milani. Melissa was on the podcast, the Rambling Runner podcast. I should say way back in the day, almost 200 episodes ago, she was episode number 57. Melissa has now become a good friend of mine and I'm so excited to talk with her again today. Melissa, first of all, how are things going with you? Hey, Matt. Thanks for having me back. Things are going well, you know, all things considered with life right now. I feel like I, you know, I can't complain um, and I'm still running. So that's obviously amazing. <laughs> yeah, you're killing it from a running perspective. And we will definitely get into that. But yeah, you're it's funny. You're, you're an early morning Instagram poster because you're an early morning runner. So it's always like the first thing I see when I, play, I open up Instagram is like how your run went in the morning. And it's Usually pretty well you know, recently, <laughs> um, which is always exciting. So for the people who haven't heard episode 57 with you, first of all, you know, you can just pause this, <laughs> go listen to that and then come back. But even if those who have, it has been a while. So can you just give us like a quick one minute reminder is who is Melissa Milani? Yeah. So, yes, I'm a runner. <laughs> um, I really like marathons. But outside of running, I am married. My husband, Chuck, and I have been married for 17 years. We've got three kids. And so they keep us very busy, even during these more staying at home times. I am a business owner of a private speech and language therapy practice here in the Central Florida area. I teach at the University of Central Florida as an adjunct lecturer. And I really, really love that as well. 
I do consulting in the speech language pathology field as well for individuals that are not able to communicate with their natural speech mechanisms. And then I do health and wellness coaching because I don't have enough on my plate already. <laughs> yeah. So like, the long and short of it is, you know, we all know of people who are really busy. Sometimes we'll read articles, we'll listen to podcasts. We're like, wow, this person has a lot of stuff on their plate. Like you're right up there with anybody I know who is <laughs> super busy. And yet you're always, you know, I shouldn't say always because, you know, you never, no, no one is always anything, but you know, you are overwhelmingly positive in a lot of areas of your life. So First of all, thanks for the rundown. It's always nice to hear that because <laughs> even someone like me, who knows you so well, like you lose track of all the things that you're doing because there are just so many. So let me just dive into the first question. And I'm going to do these same kinds of questions for every episode. Well, this is my first Patreon exclusive podcast, but this is kind Ooh. of going to be the format moving forward. Yeah, I had to start with a bang, you know. So what are you <laughs> doing slash working on now um, since we last spoke? So I'm still running and training, but honestly, I feel like in the last probably, you know, well, four months really with uh, all the COVID stuff, working more on mindset, working more on being focused and sustaining positivity and trying to really shift anytime I go to a negative space. How can I take this experience or this, this thought process? And flip it to be something that can either teach me or encourage me or, again, just try and find the good um, because I just think it's really easy right now to be depressed and sad and kind of, you know, like, oh, there's no races and Boston was taken away and just life is just really hard. But uh, again, I feel like we're in control of a lot of that and if there's one thing that we can still control, it's our reactions to things. It's our proactivity to certain things in life, like our mindset and, and our attitude. So I've been doing a lot of work on that recently. Um, and then running wise, like I've been training, I took a year away from the marathon distance just to kind of give my body a chance to rest. Um, and then the goal also with my coach was to try and, you know, get a little faster and take some of those shorter distance speeds into a marathon build. And so we started aiming towards Boston 2020 and then stepped away from marathon training for that. And now we're, we are still building because I am hoping to do a marathon in September. So that's kind of what I've been working on from a physical perspective and trying to really merge those two things because there's definitely mornings when I'm out there. I mean, I'm in Florida, so it is just wicked hot and nasty humidity. And there's days that I'm going out there trying to do these workouts. And you know, that little devil on your shoulder gets in your head, like, why are you doing this? You don't even know if the race is going to happen. And even if you do virtual Boston, like it doesn't even like quote unquote count. Why are you out here trying this? And so merging that positive mindset focus with the maintaining the physical focus has really been a blessing. Um, so yeah, that's, <laughs> that's what I'm working on, I guess, in a global perspective. So when you're doing that positivity work that you mentioned, is there a person in mind that you say, all right, this is who I'm trying to model myself after or that you've learned things from or anything along those lines? So in my own personal life, um, and this may sound a little cheesy, but my dad is very optimistic and positive and he just doesn't let things get him down. He he doesn't get angry. He just kind of is even keel and always has a smile on his face and a word of encouragement. And so I kind of keep him in mind, like, who do I really want to be like? Whose energy do I want to emulate? And it, it's him for sure. Um, and then like somebody that I guess is, you know, out of my circle and just somebody that I, I really admire. Um, again, I guess it might be kind of cliche, but Des Linden, I just think she's so real and honest and yet she's funny. Like she, she comes at things with a, 
a humor that I just, I kind of connect with. And so I think of her again, that mantra that she, she coined back in 2018, keep showing up that, okay, if this race doesn't happen this year, Melissa, races will come back and you, the work that you're doing today, even if it's not necessarily for a couple months from now, it's going to pay off. So just tell that little nasty negative voice in your head to be quiet and you're going to be positive and you're going to be grateful that you're out here running and you're going to encourage yourself and know that this work is ultimately in the long run going to be making you a better athlete. Now, what hurdle or hurdles have you experienced since the last time we talked? So besides your whole house flooding, right? Well, <laughs> yeah, I remember oh that I remember those series of Instagram stories. I was like, I'm so glad this isn't happening to my house, but like, I feel really bad for Melissa. I have like PTSD with water, water-based appliances. I'm not kidding you. I still like, I run my dishwasher when I can be there physically watching it and watching the floor. I say the same thing with my laundry. It's just, yeah. <laughs> yeah. That hasn't happened again. Thank God. <laughs> but knock on wood that it doesn't again. Um, so let me think. Um, training wise, I would say my biggest hurdle was the last marathon that I did, which was the Snickers marathon in 2019. And I had come off of a PR at Indy the year before I was feeling really good. I had a really awesome shorter training cycle. I had just come on board with McCurdy trained and just felt so good going into that race. And then the weather was total crap and like hot and humid and like 70 degrees at the start. Like it was just not at all what you want. And I still, I, you know, hindsight is 2020. I didn't adjust and I didn't plan like I should have. And I went out there and I like blew up at mile 19. I mean, that was the closest I'd ever come at saying, call the truck and haul me off the course. And I walked so much and had such a just negative, like pity party this, you know, that it's hard. It's easy to go into that space in a marathon, even when you're totally killing it. But man, that was, that was hard. And it was really hard to come back from like, okay, what does this say about your training? And you know, how, how can you blow up that bad when you put in all this work? So that was another reason why I kind of stepped back from the marathon distance is because I was really struggling in, in my own head. Um, so that, that was a, a huge hurdle. And I carried a lot of that, um, you know, just kind of like anxiety and worry, I guess, into the beginning of my Boston training cycle. It probably wasn't until February that I was feeling like, okay, you can kind of let those old demons go for that race doesn't define you going forward. Um, and it kind of took me by surprise because that wasn't, you know, my first marathon by any means. I think that was marathon 14. So I was experienced and it kind of was like, whoa, how did this race get so deep in your head that you're, you know, months later still kind of having memories of it and feelings of it pop up out of the blue? Was it a matter of just the expectations being higher or was it potentially, you know, you, you live your training out loud. There's a lot of people, you're the people who love following you and interacting with you. And you just have like a bunch of people who like are in your little community in your tribe uh, that really kind of are, are all in for you. Did you feel like that there was some sort of like, again, I'm not, I'm not saying that there should have been, but like, did you feel like kind of like embarrassment at all? Like this didn't go well. And so many people have been following me doing this or what was the hang up there for you mentally and emotionally? So, you know, honestly, I, I try to be really transparent and, and open and honest. So I'd be completely lying if the, if I said that it didn't enter my mind about, Oh, what am I going to have to say? And you know, all of that. But I find that there's a freedom and being like, dude, I totally, totally blew up. Like this was 
not bad. And I posted the pictures like right after the race, like this, this is me flat out on my back, like totally dead. But it was honestly my biggest like concern in my head at the time was I don't want to let my coach down. I don't want this performance to negatively reflect on her. Um, I just, I worry more. That's just kind of my personality, I guess, is I worry more about other people. And I didn't want somebody to say, wow, Melissa, you know, you, you came on board and look what happened. Like, uh, okay, maybe I won't sign on with McCurdy or maybe I need to switch coaches or something. I was really, really worried. Um, and she was awesome. She's like this one, you know, same kind of thing, like what we hear one race does not define you. And, you know, I'm in your corner no matter what, but I was more worried about her (laughs) than, than me, I guess. Um, and I was, I was worried, well, not necessarily worried, but I didn't want to let like my training partners down. I get like a lot of them were on the course with me. We went up with a group and a girlfriend of mine that I hold very near and dear to my heart got injured a couple of weeks before the race and she wasn't able to come. And so I, I was kind of like in my own head, like, I'm going to go up there and I'm going to run the best I can because she can't do that right now. And that got in my head too, like, oh, you're letting her down. And you know, you're just a a loser all around with everybody that you're trying to to do this for. And you just totally bombed. <laughs> oh my goodness. I, I know exactly what you mean. I've been there. I've bombed marathons. I know how you feel about that sort of thing. And it does, it sticks with you and, and it's so tough. And I've had those experiences, experiences too, where you call your coach afterwards. And the first things you say is like, I'm sorry. And they're mm-hmm. like, what are you apologizing to me for? <laughs> yes, exactly. All right. So let's go to the other end. What what have you done since our last conversation? You know, one thing, two things, three things that you, you know, view as achievements that you're just really, you know, excited about and happy about. Well, um, I guess to flip the coin there on the the blow up at the marathon, um, I've, you know, stayed with my coach and, and she's helped me set PRs in every single distance except the marathon, just because I haven't run another one since then. Um, so that's, I'm very proud of that. I'm like over the moon happy with my mile time. This is something that I, I just, I still struggle to really wrap my brain around Melissa, it. Melissa, you are killing it. <laughs> I can't wait to see what you do this weekend. You are killing it in the mile. I'm nervous. I'm nervous about it. But I, and that tells me that, you know, it matters when you're nervous. Something matters to you. But I just, I, I know there's lots of people that run, you know, way faster. But to to me, to be no, like. No, say your time, Melissa. You you deserve it. Say the time. <laughs> I hit a 558.6, which yes. getting sub six for me was just like, I, I, I like Steve, even now I'm just like fumbling over my words so that I'm like super, 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 super proud of. I'm totally stoked about that. Um, I, I guess another thing I'm, can I stop I'm, you? Can I stop you there? When, yeah. When the McCurdy mile series started, so it's basically it's an eight, eight weeks, nine weeks, uh, thing. So when it started roughly two months ago, did you have a goal in mind that you wanted to hit? Yeah. Um, it was sub 6.30, somewhere around 6.30, but oh like gosh. a 6.20 <laughs> something. And that's what I put for my like target at, because I truly was like, you know, you're not a short distance. You're not a miler. You're in the middle of marathon training. It's Florida and it's freaking hot and humid. Like just aim to try and get a six two something. Um, and it's just been, I mean, such an amazing experience all around. I'm so glad I did it. Oh my gosh. You're running so fast in Florida. The humidity is nothing. That's not even sweat on your body. That's humidity. <laughs> you're running through it so fast. It's catching on to you. This has been, this is really good. When you posted that last one, Two weeks ago, I was like, yo, my gosh, I could I can just tell that she is like over the moon. Like that's, you know, we're all suckers for like those big round numbers. And like that's, you know, that's a big one for sure. 
Yeah, I was like, I texted Laura right there in the middle of the road at like 7am. And I was like, I know it's early, but I'm so sorry. I'm like, I can't even contain I, like, I was struggling to even type like I was just so excited. I couldn't couldn't even believe the number that I saw on my watch. So yeah, I'm excited for this next round this weekend as well. And I'm definitely going to go for it. But I also have it in the back of my head, like, but if you don't, you did it. Like you, you got a five. Like that's, <laughs> so it's kind of a good and a bad thing. Like I want to do better, but you know, yes, I'm going to, I'm going to aim for faster than that. So yeah, the pressure's off now. I mean, the pressure's been yeah. off the whole time. You just want to get under 630. I mean, you were like, <laughs> you're in a different zip code from someone running 630 last time. <laughs> All right. All right. Next one. What are some of the things that you do read and consume uh, to kind of help your running? Um, well, I still do like mindful meditation. I try to do that every day, even if it's just a couple of minutes. Um, I started this book on kindness, just random things. And sometimes it's, you know, just something simple, like sending a text, uh, telling someone a compliment, or they ran across my mind. And so I wanted to just reach out and say hi, something simple like that. Um, and then like, listening to, obviously I listen to your podcast a hundred percent. Um, and then there's a mastery mindset one that I listen to regularly. Actually, you're the one that, um, mentioned that podcast to me a while ago. Um, and I listen oh, yeah, to Michael that. Gervais. Yes, exactly. And so I really like a lot of the content on that because it's, you know, sports psychology and yet he works in mindfulness. And there was one with Deepak Chopra recently with reality. And it's just kind of fuses a lot of the stuff that I've been trying to merge in my own head. So I, I really like that. Um, and then I just honestly, a lot of because things have been so busy, I've been working a ton, just having quiet, like no talking, no kids, no husband, no nothing. And so sometimes I'll do this on my run. Sometimes I'll do it after my run, just not even really trying to think of anything or meditate on anything, just kind of sitting there in the silence. And usually that's when something will come to me like, you know, a, a, a random thought or something that I should do. Um, it's, I know it sounds kind of odd, I guess, to, to, cause I'm not really listening to anything or reading anything, but it's almost like just getting in tune with what my subconscious might be trying to kind of bring to light. And because there's so much noise and competing information the rest of my day, it's when I have those just totally silent, unplugged moments that it kind of can break through. Yeah, that's really well said. And kind of along those lines, you have, I don't know if you're going to continue it, but I really like your podcast, The 1440 Project. You've had two different seasons. Uh, I know they weren't, they weren't like, you know, one season just didn't necessarily dive into the next season. There was a gap. Are you going to pick that up again in, in June or July? You know, I'd love to. Um, I stopped at the beginning of the year because life just was crazy. And I, I always try to practice what I preach. And I, every time I would go to sit down and record an episode, I have a list of topics and I'd go to sit down and I was like, I feel like I'm faking it. And I don't want that like energy to come through. And so I stopped. And then ever since March, I just, I literally haven't had the time to have quiet and, you know, by myself, but I, I miss it. I've had people ask me that as well. Um, and I definitely want to get back to it a hundred percent. I'm honestly hoping that, I mean, I'm praying the children go back to school <laughs> in the fall. Um, and so hopefully it can kind of be a natural like resumption of as much normal life as possible and that that can be part of that process. Yeah, and the episodes you've done already, they're evergreen topics, right? This isn't mm -hmm. like a podcast that's like, hey, this is what's happening in the news today. We're like, those are really useful podcasts, but like three years later, you don't really care. Right. Whereas, <laughs> you know, you're talking about holistic 
you know, holistic topics similar to what you just talked about. And I think that for me, those are valuable episodes kind of whenever they were produced. So I would definitely advise people to go check that out, especially if you like this conversation. Um, Thank you. From a running nutrition standpoint, for everybody, it's so different, right? Everyone has their own you know, needs and wants and whatever fits their gut. You know, you have a lot of experience with this, with your own health and wellness coaching as well. So what fitness, what running nutrition, I should say, has worked for you? Yeah, it's so funny because we talk about this all the time on the runs, like who's trying something and what is working. Um, So I, for the base of my nutrition on everything that I do is pretty much isogenics because that's what I found works just super awesome for me. But I supplement also with other things. So I actually recently just started using Osmo Nutrition, um, which is a hydration product and they have men and women formulations. And I've been really liking that as far as um, being able to feel like I'm not like <laughs> sweating out every last ounce of water in my body. And then Martin, I am a huge fan of Martin. Um, of a couple of years ago, or maybe a year ago, Isogenics actually discontinued their, their, we called it fuel, which was their quote unquote gels. And I was kind of in a panic, like, what am I going to use? Because I've tried a lot of things that didn't work. And I tried Martin and it's been perfect. Like I never have tummy, tummy issues. I use their gels. I use their hydro gels. I'm a huge fan of them. And they, they just, it's like, once you find something that works, you just pray like, please make this forever. <laughs> because I don't want to go through those trials again. Um, so that's kind of what I'm loving all of those things right now. But there are like a lot of days if I'm driving to a, a long run, um, I'll still pop a pack of gummy bears <laughs> and just enjoy a little sugar rush on the way to the run before we get going. <laughs> and if people haven't had Martin, it's M-A-U-R-T-E-E-N, right? It's not spelled and pronounced how you'd expect. Right. It's just one E, M-A-U-R-T-E-N. And some of my friends call it Martine and some of them call it Morton. So I don't even know if I'm pronouncing it right, but that's that's what I always say. (laughs) Now, when you say the isogenics piece, where you say you don't have, they don't have the gels anymore. What do you consume of their products? Oh, gosh. Like everything. <laughs> I mean, I mean, from from a running from a running perspective, I know yeah. like you're pretty like you're all in on isogenics, but I mean, just from a running perspective. So I use their pre workout. I use their recovery drinks. I use their BCAAs. Um, they have something that's called the Tri Release Protein. I use that as an immediate post run or post workout recovery protein shake. Um, I use their caffeine because it's naturally sourced. So I take those on the runs with me. They're these little energy shots. Um, and again, it's all about what works with my stomach because <laughs> it's super sensitive and I never have any issues. So that and mixing things I have found over the years can sometimes be problematic. And I never have a problem if I'm, you know, mixing a Martin with an isogenic Z shot or something like that, that it, it, it all kind of has a nice little symbiotic relationship. <laughs> nice. All right. Last question before we get going, what are you excited about for short-term and long-term stuff? So, well, I guess super short-term, the mile this weekend, I am excited about that. And I'm excited to see everybody else's posts too. Honestly, I get more excited reading other people's stuff than talking about what happened with me Um, because it's just so awesome to see the community like just going out there and kicking butt. Um, I am excited for September because while I'm signed up to do a marathon, I mean, there could definitely be a chance that that gets canceled, but I am doing virtual Boston. Um, If that race does get canceled, I will do something here locally just because I feel like it's such a historic event. Um, yeah, I'm over virtual things and I'm not happy necessarily that it's virtual, but there's no way I'm not going to have that medal. Like I 
no, that's happening. Um, so I am excited about it. And there's a group of runner girls that are local here as well that are doing the same things with me. So I, I like that bonding experience. Um, so yeah, those are some things that I'm excited. And honestly, I'm excited to see life kind of getting up and going again. I know every state and every area is a little different, but I'm, I'm hopeful that things are going to keep going in this trajectory and that we're going to see more races coming back open and hopefully, you know, be able to run together again. (laughs) That's very exciting. (laughs) Amen to that. Melissa, thank you so much for joining me. And if you're listening to this, that's because you are a Patreon supporter and I really and truly appreciate it. We've completely revamped everything we're doing on Patreon now. It's all about exclusive content like this podcast. So if you're listening to this, thank you so much. If you enjoyed it, and why wouldn't you? We have Melissa Milani on the show. Go (laughs) tell someone about it and see if they want to come on as well. Remember, patreon.com forward slash rambling runner. Melissa, thank you so much for coming on the show. Thanks, Matt. Had fun. All right. On today's episode of our Patreon exclusive follow-up series, I'm talking with Sarah Canny. Sarah was on episode 74 of the Rambling Runner podcast, an extremely popular guest, and I'm so excited to have her back. Sarah, thank you for joining me. Yeah, thanks, Matt, for having me. It's always fun to, to come back on and chat. Well, if someone hasn't heard that episode... Or if they're just a little unfamiliar with you, can you just give us the quick one minute spiel about what you got going on and what what you're up to? Yeah, for sure. So um, I am the founder and host of the Women's Running Retreat, Rise Run Retreat. Um, I'm also an avid snowshoe runner, and I've had the chance to represent the U.S. at um, two different world championships, most recently in uh, Miyoko, Japan, where I won a bronze medal, which was super exciting. Um, I'm also a mom to three, not so little ones anymore, 10, seven, and five. They're getting big. Um, and I live in rural New Hampshire and I love it here. Um, yeah. So that's, that's like the one minute elevator pitch spiel of who I am. (laughs) I love it. And you and your husband were recently on the illuminate podcast hosted by Lindsay Hine and some of her friends who also do, you know, a series of episodes And I loved your conversation just about your parenting style, you know, uh, homeschooling your children and the like. And I feel like that topic, while it's evergreen, so to speak, it certainly really struck me. And I couldn't wait to listen to it because of everything that's going on with COVID. And those topics are ever more important considering everything is going on. Have you seen a lot of people either reaching out to you personally or kind of consuming some of that content recently, considering that they're kind of approaching these topics more often than they had in the past? Yeah, totally. Um, and uh, that that was a really fun episode to record because um, it's something that I don't blog or talk about that frequently, but is a huge part of our life. We are We've been homeschooling from the start. So so pre-COVID, so for the last um, five years, we've been homeschooling. Um, and yeah, and we also um, kind of have, I wouldn't say it's a unique parenting philosophy, but um, we kind of ascribe to something called encouragement-based parenting, which is just really focused on um, creating an encouraging, confidence-building environment um, for your kids. Um, so yeah, I have noticed, um, more, more people in my DMs and email asking about homeschooling, asking about, um, parenting. My husband's really like the, the guru on this one. He's the, he's the expert. Um, he has a master's degree in marriage and family therapy. And, um, so, so he, he has all the, the, I don't know, the, the background and the education to kind of explain, um, why we do what we do. And I just kind of like do what we do. <laughs> um, but yeah, it's, it's, it's fun to be able to, um, to just, you know, be a resource for people, especially during this time where everyone's been thrown into, you know, just really unusual circumstances. One of the things that you mentioned on the podcast was that you and your husband had kind of recently shifted roles and responsibilities where he was going to be taking more of the, the, I guess the teacher mode in the house. And then you were going to be much more focused on your business with run for a girl, the retreats and so on and so forth. You know, you can, you mentioned just now like his training and things like that. What was that 
switch like for both of you, just taking on new roles and responsibilities and trying to kind of separate what your maybe your habits had been in the past with the new situation? Yeah, it's been interesting. You know, it's it's actually been a long time coming um, in terms of um, just our own thinking. Um, we made the switch back in October, but I think it's something that we wanted to do for years. Um, mostly, you know, my husband prior to staying home and, and doing the homeschooling was a plumbing contractor, built up his business pretty successfully for the last 10 years. And, um, in the process kind of wrecked his body. He has arthritis in his neck, um, which, um, kind of created pretty debilitating migraines. And so as that was going on, you know, I was thinking, well, what can I do to sort of relieve him so that, you know, he's not in pain all the time. Um, and that's kind of when I really started to build my business up, um, and really focus on, on growing that to the point where I could maybe potentially support the family with it. Um, so that's the direction that we were always moving in. And it has definitely, um, you know, our habits have switched up, but in, I would say in a really great way, like our days feel more relaxed because we're all home. We're not in a hurry to get anywhere or do anything. Um, we spend a lot of time as a family. Um, you know, I think initially it was, um, it took some, just adjusting in terms of the roles of like, okay, who's going to make dinner? Who's going to do the grocery shopping? Um, you know, those kinds of kinds of things. And so, you know, we've actually kind of switched to, my husband does quite a bit of the cooking. I kind of cook when I feel like it or want to. Um, he does most of the grocery shopping primarily. Um, so, so yeah, there's definitely been this like shift in, in, um, traditional, you know, what would be considered traditional roles for, you know, a, a man and a woman. But um, it's, it's been really good for our family. We feel like um, everybody is thriving. So. Yeah. So we had a similar situation once we went to social, um, not social distancing, but uh, what's it called? Um, I'm like forgetting the phrase for oh, basically our quarantine, kids, like, yeah, quarantine yeah, yeah. And our kids were, were, you know, um, learning from home, even yeah. though they were still in the school system. So my wife is a teacher, mm-hmm. but she was teaching her kids, you know, her, right. you know, the, the kids yeah. at school and her school system took like a very robust approach to it. It's so, like my best friend had like the opposite where like they were told, don't teach anything new because some people might fall behind who don't have home support. My wife's um, school district, the opposite. They're like, proceed as normal. Mm, so it mm-hmm. was like very training. She was working 14 to 16 hours a day because she was a special ed teacher in two different grades. So she was like connecting with the, the, the traditional, uh, you know, teachers and then connecting with their students one-on-one and creating all new plans, so on and so forth. So I was actually homeschooling our kids, which was like ironic because there's a teacher in the other room who's working with yeah. other kids and I'm working with our kids, uh, you know, to the dismay of everybody involved. And so we had, <laughs> we had that going on and it was such a weird situation. But now last week was the first week that we switched back. So now she's in summer break and now I'm going full time with the podcast like I had meant to do back in end of February. So it was kind of a new shift for me. But one thing that I haven't been able to do or just chose not to do is I can't stay in the house to work because it's just madness. So I'm actually, even right now, I'm recording this like from my mom's house who lives a couple miles away where I like now work during the day. And once the school year starts, maybe I'll be working back from home when the kids go back to school, depending on how things shake out with all that. So how are you able to get the stuff done that you want to do during the day with just the rambunctiousness in the canny household? Yeah. I mean, I've got a little corner of our bedroom kind of eked out as my office and, uh, you know, actually now that the weather is nice, I, I've kind of taken over our pet. We have a patio and I've taken over the patio as our, as our office. So I'm outside, um, you know, and during the school, during the school year, um, you know, Mark has the kids pretty, um, orchestrated with their schedule and, um, you know, their tasks and chores that they're doing. So, um, I actually have, I would say a pretty, um, a pretty easy time of it in terms of being able to concentrate at home. And, you know, now that they're on break, they're just playing outside and, um, you know, just kind of hanging out and doing, doing their, everybody just kind of does their thing. So, um, there are times where I have to enforce the fact that, okay, mom is unavailable 
um, right now, even though I'm in the house, you know, um, I'm unavailable. So it took the kids a little while to shift, um, you know, in terms of who they ask, like, can you get the milk for me? Can you get a bowl for me? You know, it's always mom, you know, mom. Endless requests, endless requests. Yeah, they're, they're, they're trotting down the hall to knock on the door to ask me to get the milk when Mark is standing in the, you know, standing in the kitchen. So, um, but they've kind of gotten the hang of it. And so they know that like dad's the one to go to now. And how about you personally being able to just like mute everybody and just be able to focus on your stuff? Yeah. I mean, it's been nice and, you know, it's funny because for a long time I was doing a lot of it. I was homeschooling. I was trying to to build a business. I was, you know, the one who kept the house clean and the one who made all the meals and the one who did all the shopping. Um, so in one sense, it's like, you know, a relief to finally be able to focus on something creative that has been, you know, kind of inside me for so long um, to actually finally have the chance to work on it. So, that, you know, that's been good. But then on the other hand, I feel like I'm missing stuff, you know, like um, our middle guy, Jack, really blossomed as a reader this um, this school year. And so I've, I wasn't there to witness that. Whereas with Sophia, I was there step by step as she sort of blossomed as a reader and really kind of, um, kind of learned to love to read. Um, I wasn't there for that with Jack. So in some ways, you know, I feel like I'm missing out. Um, so, you know, as a parent, it's always a balance, right? You know? It's, there's always a little give and take with, uh, with what you're able to be a part of. But it's exciting, as you said, to be able to really focus on, on your business and all the interesting things that you're putting together since our last conversation, what is a hurdle or hurdles that you've had to overcome? Mm. Well, I would definitely say that, um, COVID has, um, produced a few hurdles for anyone who's in the event um, business. And I would um, qualify the retreat as an event. So um, I, you know, really had to pivot. um, But thankfully, um, yeah, had to pivot in the spring. But thankfully, last year, I started to, um, last fall, I started to work on a virtual retreat concept and really worked on that from, I I would say, November to January, Um, did a beta test in January, and then had planned to launch in March this this new virtual retreat concept. Um, And so the timing actually ended up being um, in my favor in in that regard, um, because we launched kind of right as everything went into like the lockdown quarantine. Um, Races were being canceled and people wanted a substitute. So, um, the virtual retreat became really popular. Um, so this hurdle of, you know, and I did have to cancel my spring retreat, my in-person event. Um, but this hurdle kind of forced me to, um, to pivot and to, to kind of wing it a little bit. I had only planned to do one virtual retreat, but ended up doing three. And now I'm going back in for three more um, here in July, August, and September. Um, so, so yeah, I mean, it was a hurdle, but you know, sometimes hurdles force you to be creative and think outside the box and and move in a new direction that then opens new doors. And as you were exploring this model, that as you mentioned, you were planning on doing it anyway, but you were really, you know, your hand was forced in a way. Did you start to? alter how it looked? Were there different things that you kind of went all in on because you knew that you didn't have, you know, the in-person model? Just how did your, how did the product change and how did your thinking change regarding the product? Yeah, I think, um, you know, the product itself didn't actually change that much. I mean, there's been sort of revisions and tweaks along the way as I've received feedback from people who have gone through it um, that, that I've made. Um, but they're not a huge deviation from sort of the original vision. Um, but I would say my thinking around the product has definitely changed because um, I would say my business model before was very much dependent and centered on the in-person retreats. And I think moving forward, my business model is going to be more centered around the virtual retreats. Um, so um, they'll take a more prominent role sort of in in the offerings that I provide through Rise Run Retreat. 
And then you just created a brand new product uh, or service. I don't know quite what to call it, but anyway, (laughs) a a brand new thing. I'm on your email list. And when I got it, I was like, oh my gosh, this is great. Like this is going to be a hit. So explain what this is and how um, basically the, the genesis behind it. Yeah. So the the most recent product that I've launched is called the Rise Run Collective, and it's a monthly membership, monthly or annual membership, um, which provides people um, access to select um, guest speaker talks from past retreats, both the in-person and the virtual retreats. Um, You know, we've recorded a lot of that content. And um, so, you know, we have the archives of that access to the archives of that. And then I'll be doing monthly live coaching with the members of the rise run collective. Um, and so, you know, a lot of times, um, runners are looking for coaching, but maybe can't afford monthly coaching or even group coaching. And this is, this is kind of a way to get your questions answered. You know, if you're kind of a self-starter motivated runner, um, maybe you just need that one phone call each month to, to ask some questions and just make sure you're kind of on the right track. Um, so I'll be providing running coaching, but also, you know, I, I talk a lot about, um, body image and confidence, um, and mindset. And so, you know, there's coaching that I can do around that as well. Um, so really it's, um, yeah, it's a, it's a monthly membership into a community with a whole bunch of resources. Um, there's also monthly bonus material in the form of articles and videos that I've created. So, um, yeah, just a lot of great, um, a lot of great inspiration and information. The community feel is what really struck me because I know that you have, I guess, cultivated a community around not just you, but the people who have, you know, have a similar thinking or or value similar things uh, that you do. And it really struck me as a way, especially considering the social distancing mandates for people who are positively predisposed to being involved in that kind of community, but just don't have access to the in-person stuff that we all crave. And just as a way of saying, all right, man, like I might not be able to do X, Y, Z, but this is a really great option. And this is the kind of stuff that, you know, while I love my family, I can't wait to kind of explore some of these other social opportunities. Um, And just seeing, you know, a possibility that, or an outlet, I should say, for people to get just that. Yeah, exactly. I mean, you know, there's, there's so much that's amazing about, you know, whether you're participating in a relay or you're going to a live podcast recording or, um, a running retreat, you know, all of those in-person experiences can be really powerful and transformative, but there's also a lot of obstacles to being, being able to get to those kinds of things, whether it's distance, whether it's finances, um, you know, and so that, that community and that experience that you have in community with, with other runners and, um, you know, people who are kind of striving towards something through running, um, you know, those connections can be, um, can be really life-changing. And so I think that's, that's really what I've tried to do with Rise Run Retreat. And then this Rise Run Collective is kind of an extension of that is, is continuing to cultivate that, that sense of community, um, you know, and all of the amazing things that can come out of that. So how is your running progressing? You're such an active person and you got <laughs> running, we got the snowshoeing during the winter. How yep. is this all going for you? And how are you viewing the rest of 2020 in that regard? Yeah. So, I mean, like everybody else, I, pr- I had a full race calendar all lined up um, and everything has been canceled, including, you know, my fall races too. So, um, the way I've sort of tackled it and approached it is that each month I've been doing sort of a personal challenge. Um, so in April I was supposed to run a 50 K instead I did kind of a DIY 50 K. Um, in May I set up a vert challenge for myself to, to gain as much vertical, um, to gain the vertical equivalent of Everest over the course of a month. June has been a 5k time trial, which I'm going to be running on Saturday. So, um, yep. So I've been like on the track and just working on speed. Um, and then July, um, well, July, I'm hoping that there'll be maybe an FKT in there somewhere. Um, so, so yeah, I've just been kind of breaking it down month by month and just picking something that personally excites me. 
um, that, that I want to get, you know, kind of tackle and go after as my goal. Oh man, that sounds like a lot of fun. I love that monthly timeline, especially if they're a little bit different each month, because it kind of injects excitement into like, those first three weeks of each month. Like, all right, how am I going to get ready for this like brand new thing? Like you mentioned, like from a 50K to a 5K, like it's a whole different yeah. ballgame. You know? totally. So it's exciting to kind of like tackle that kind of thing. Exactly. Yeah. It's been, you know, just tried to mix it up and keep it different and, um, and that's kept it fresh and exciting. So, um, so actually my training has just been a lot of fun and I'm like a newly converted elliptigo lover. Um, I, I found an elliptigo on Craigslist and I've been riding that thing daily, um, having a lot of fun with it. So there's that too. I love your training modalities because I've seen so many pictures or videos of you on your treadmill, like like, put up to like, I don't even know, like 20% incline, like something ridiculous. (laughs) Watching you like, you know, like hands on the knees, pushing upward, like, oh my goodness, I can't even imagine. This is like insane. Um, But it's uh, certainly pretty cool to, to, to see, that's for sure. So let me ask you a couple more questions before we get going. If somebody is interested in either the retreats or the collective or whatever you're currently up to, which are obviously a lot of things each month, where's the best place for them to go? Yeah. So the best place to go would be to sarahcanny.com. That's kind of where I live online. Um, And from there, you can find links to Rise Run Retreat, which would take you to the virtual retreat. Um, And then um, if you... Um, want to get in on the Rise Run Collective, the best way to do that would be to join my email list, which um, I think there's a pop-up box when you're on my website to join the email list, or you can scroll down to the bottom and, and find, find it that way too. Well, I hope you enjoyed it. That was so much fun. I love recording both these episodes with Melissa and Sarah. And if you want more, Go over to patreon.com forward slash rambling runner to get a new episode every other week, plus a bunch more stuff out there on the Patreon site. I love doing this stuff. I love these follow-up episodes. And if you're a huge fan of the rambling runner, that's exactly why I created that. It's not for every single person that has ever listened to the show. It's for those diehard fans that listen to it every week, sometimes even twice a week, and they just love hearing from these fascinating people. That's why I created the Patreon page. So if you're one of those folks, go check it out. Again, patreon.com forward slash rambling runner. Also, there's a link in the show notes. There always is, actually. Um, there's at the bottom of every single show notes I've been putting out now for what? The past two months or so. All right. So th- again, thank you so much for listening, as always, and happy running. This has been a production of Rambling Runner Podcast. This podcast is produced by David Margetti of InPost Media. Thank you to Meta P for the music. His song, Righteous Path, featuring Rex Mayhem and Chip Fu, is produced by Symphonic Bang. Enterprising in my surroundings, I'm finding the quietest estates these days. This representation of small brewing amazed that the focus remains the vocal focal point of my change. I'm trying to show this industry.